What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the America is Blue podcast, ready to break down all things Chelsea Football Club. There is an absolute mountain of news and information to get into in tonight's show. And man, I couldn't be more excited to be here. Jay Himmelstein is is here, as always, with me to break all this stuff down. Can't wait to start digging into this with you, Jay. If you guys out there are liking what you're hearing from us, just a couple of American boys who love some Chelsea Football Club, please smash the like button. Leave a comment. We'd love your feedback. We really appreciate the listens, the shares, the feed, and the following. That being said, Jay Martin Himmelstein, with all the action, what do you want to get into first, my brother? I, I want to I know what some of your off-the-top recent news feelings are about. Drinking out of a fire hose, man. This shit has been oh. frantic. And the second you think things are slowing down, it picks right back up. Seven new names are coming and going. Uh, it, dude, it's been a manic, manic, manic transfer window. Um, what I'm feeling, you know, all the news and all the banter and shit that's going back and forth, that's all great. I, I kind of just want to know who's going to be on our team. <laughs> Who are we going to get? Who's gone? What is this team going to look like? Because we got a game coming up in a handful of days here. It's a big game, and I'd like to know who we have access to to be able to throw out there. So I'm anxious for all this shit to stop so that we can actually just figure out what this club's going to look like. I mean, and think about it. We're going to add and subtract players even after Liverpool. Even after Liverpool is (laughs) is done, our squad is going to look very different as we move forward throughout the entire Premier League season. I mean, this is going to be something to see. And we thought that the winter was busy. We are just running laps around everybody with all the activity we are doing hopefully it's it's not futile activity and we're actually starting to get some cohesion and really get some of the guys into the fold that we need to get um with that said i'll i'm just going to start it off by talking about us continuing to take care of our own people and continuing to develop the squad with i like the lewis hall extension a ton Another Chelsea boy through and through. It's a six-year-plus-one deal, so we control all the upside for Lewis Hall. He's still only 18 years old. Got a got himself a Crystal Palace loan. I think that's a great place for him. As you know, we've stashed Ruben Loftus-Cheek there for a season. Connor Gallagher had a player of the season season two years ago uh, at Crystal Palace for the Screaming Eagles. I think that's great for Lewis's, Lewis Hall's development, and I'm really glad that he's still in Chelsea Blue and signed that contract. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this guy is undeniably talented and, you know, there's not going to be a lot of minutes, right? Like we're loaded at the positions where he excels and we're not going to get him out on the field. So there's no reason to stunt development. And you know, that's what's going on with the club right now. That's what's going on with the squad is that we've incorporated and procured so much solid young talent and you don't want these guys wasting away on the bench. I'm sure it's really nice for them to be with the club and be with the first team. But if they're not actually getting minutes, then what the hell is the point? So for a lot of these guys, whether they're going to Strasbourg, whether they're getting loan deals to other clubs, I like the fact that a lot of these guys are starting to get dealt out to other either Premier League or championship club sides because they need the experience of playing in England and dealing with the type of physicality that they're hopefully going to be seeing when they eventually make it into the first team. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, perfect timing moving to somebody who is going into the championship, a Leicester City move for your boy Cesare Cassidy. He's an exciting talent. I got to be honest, I was really hoping that he was going to land in one of the top tier leagues. 
um, you know, the, the championship is is no slouch, no doubt. And he's going to be one of the driving forces behind, you know, Leicester going back into the Premier League, which I think everybody fully expects them to do. Um, I would have liked a little bit of a, a, you know, a higher league status for him. But I think that this is another good, solid place for him to learn his craft and make himself more valuable to us uh, down the line. Yeah. And they have a goal in the middle, uh, a gap in the middle. Uh, they need midfielders. And frankly, we kind of owe them one. I mean, we scalped them for N'Golo Kante for pennies a on heist. the dollar. Got all, one of the best players heist. in the midfield ever. So, you know, we can we can throw them a couple of young guys, try to see if they can get back up. But, dude, the experience down there, the physicality in the championship, I mean, that just, it cuts guys up. And yeah. this is what we need, man. He's a big boy. He can handle it. He can start to excel. And frankly, with his skill level, if he could deal with the physicality, he can have his way with a lot of teams down there. So it'll be good to see him. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. think he's definitely a guy that we're going to see in the future. I mean, I really hope so. And not just because he's Italian for you. He's he's a legitimate, you know, legitimate player. He's he's exciting on the ball. Uh, and he, he looks, you know, a very progressive player. He definitely plays a little bit higher up the pitch. He's not a, a defensive midfielder. But let, let's see how he develops. Glad that he's in the fold. Now, more more hot and heavy, you know, transfer news. We're just we're just going down a list here, Jay. This isn't scientific. We just, you know, throw it up here. We throw the news up, we talk about it. You, our boy Thomas Tuchel, Tuchel, however you would wish to pronounce it, knocking on the door for Kepa Aretha Balaga, a very very interesting move, especially considering the fact that he did have Kepa installed as the number 1 when he first came to Chelsea and then made that pivot over to one Edward Mendy. Mendy goes on and has this, you know, magical run. What a 12, 18 month, you know, period for that guy. Kepa to Bayern. How does that make you feel? If the fee is there, <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, listen, Robert Sanchez is a good keeper. He's not A-list, but dude, we're talking about a very capable guy. I put him on par with Kepa. So, I mean, if it's, again, if it's surplus and we can get the wages off the books, then that's fine. But, you know, we're starting Big to wages. deplete. He, starting, he makes almost starting, 200 grand a week. Yeah. If mm-hmm. we do get rid of him, then it's like, what's the next step in that trade? Right? Because if we're giving up on him and we're sending Selenina out on loan, I don't want Bettinelli being our backup keeper. So we need to get somebody else in and have that financially make sense. And to my understanding, for Bayern, I think it's a loan to buy which would take some of the wages off the books. I don't know if Bayern's coming out of pocket in order to take him on a permanent deal immediately. So if you get a big fee and you're going to get rid of him and just kind of clean your hands of the deal, that's one thing. A loan to buy, I don't like whatsoever because all we're doing is kicking a can down the road and now we have to bring in another keeper. Now we have a log jam potentially at the position if we get somebody who's younger and develops in their own right. I just don't like the indecision in and around that. So if it's you're selling him, you're selling him this loan to potentially buy. I'm not a huge fan of even if it does get some of the wages. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with those sentiments a lot. I think Kepa is you know very capable. It's just so interesting that I just sort of resigned myself. Not not resigned myself. Accepted the fact that Kepa was going to be the number one keeper going into the season and. You know, Thomas Tuchel, of all people, swooping in to knock on the door and ask for Kepa. Very, very strange, strange world that this footballing uh, does to you here. Very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, more acquisitions. David Washington, another Santos product, another 18-year-old Brazilian. 
teammate of Angelo Gabriel, more talent. I heard, like, I, I actually read a little article on it that said, like, the Santos fans apparently absolutely love this kid. They're kind of, you know, heartbroken that he's leaving. Uh, think about that. Snatching up their striker and their starting, you know, right winger, 18 years old, both of them. Incredible young influx of talent to our club. It's incredible to see. Yeah, <clears throat> dude, man, these Brazilians, they really know how to pump them out, huh? We're scooping them up. I, yeah, they're and, pretty and dude, good, I guess. What's beautiful about this is, again, the model that we're building out with Strasbourg. Um, I didn't realize until relatively recently that Patrick Vieira is their coach. Which yes, he is. I think, which I think is a beautiful thing. It's awesome. Um, I think we're going to develop that club. I think we're going to pump them up with a really solid amount of young talent and let them develop. Um, dude, we're, we're creating our own minor leagues in top flight leagues. It's an amazing thing. So, again, if we can't – I forgot exactly what the rules are. I think you get three free transfers. Three. Yeah, it's three transfers. To a club that you own, and then after that, there has to be some financial dealings that go back and forth. Um, this is a great opportunity for these guys to get first-team ball, get experience, get minutes under their belt, get acclimated to playing in Europe. And, dude, this could legit be a Red Bull-type scenario where Strasbourg in a league that is – very competitive if you're not just PSG winning the damn thing, but could eventually, maybe maybe a year, maybe two years, start to compete for a Champions League spot or maybe get into European championships and allow all these young guys to really get an amazing amount of experience because the opportunity is there. Well, and this is this is my thing, and I don't know all the rules. I feel like we could do an entire show on this alone. Is Now that Strasbourg is obviously its own independent, autonomous club, they could take loanees and players from whatever club they wish, whatever country they wish, etc. Now, can Strasbourg service as an extended procurement arm on behalf of Chelsea in the sense of, yeah, just gobbling up, you know, young French academy kids and, you know, young talent, bringing them into the Strasbourg system. And then if they blossom and develop into a great Strasbourg player, maybe there's a simple, easy business deal transaction to get them to Chelsea Football Club. I don't know exactly how all that is set up, but that I, I know seems... Red, Red Bull does it. I mean, <clears throat> under the assumption that they are able to stay within their own financial fair play restrictions, uh, I'm sure they're not a very, you know, I'm sure they're not dealing with a tremendous amount of revenue at this point because it's not a big club in France. But assuming that the, the the talent acquisitions that they are doing, assuming that those things keep them within budget, um, I think... I don't want to speak out of term, but I think Benjamin Sesko's a good example of that for a guy who could go from Salzburg up to Leipzig, right? Like there, there have been guys who have been transferred between those two clubs. And I think that's kind of the point is to develop these guys, try to make money off of them. You can increase your own budget for what you can spend at Chelsea if you're going ahead and you're buying these guys and you're loaning them out and then you're able to increase their profile and get a 2x, 3x on them. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it's amazing. It's 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 a... It's a it's a great model. It's, they, it's they, they, could actually, they could absolutely elevate these guys up to Chelsea. Oh, I mean, and you know, with the Angelo Gabriels of the world, that's that's without a doubt the plan. And I'm sure that we'll stash multiple guys. Maybe David Washington will join him there. That could I be, would not you know, be surprised. You know, very 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 interesting. I'd love to see that. And and you're keeping the, the Brazilian kids together. Yeah. They can you know make sure that they learn English together, go into a new country together. You know, still teammates. I, I think that's a, a great way to also develop that family camaraderie atmosphere that uh, 
you know, Pochettino wants to to you know reverberate throughout the organization, and it starts from the top. So, you know, that's, speak, that's speaking of that, and speaking about you know guys that we're sending out, somewhere deep down, I'm almost kind of like, if this Lukaku situation doesn't get Pandal, like, he it doesn't look like anybody really wants him. This thing with Juventus, I think, is a dud. If he's not going to you know take the cash and go to Saudi, send his ass to Strasbourg. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's right on the border of Belgium, so fuck him. Send him down there. He wants to continue to play uh, in Europe. Go ahead and be there, and hopefully, just not be a cancerous prick. That would that would be some comeuppance for right, sure. I, you know, I, I say just yeah, go to go to Saudi. Nobody wants to talk about that guy. I don't want to sit here, you know, trashing you know another person, but he is certainly not one of my favorite people. That guy absolutely sucks. I don't even want to waste, you know, time on him. We we know that he's not coming back to us. We know that he's going to end up somewhere else. It's just a matter of what the the money is, and you know, we can't get him off the books fast enough as as far as it concerns me. A lot of money. Oh, no doubt. Well, I mean, it's another another huge mistake, but say la vie, right? Yep. Um. All right, another another possible incoming, and now we're getting into more more juice. We talked about Tyler Adams possibly coming in. He's got the twenty million pound uh, relegation release clause. He'd be a great squad player. I think we both know about Tyler Adams. We've watched him at Leeds. We watch him with the U.S. men's national team. He's the captain of the United States men's national team. Great character, great squad depth. That said. If we manage to hijack this Lavia deal now that we've submitted our own 48 million pound bid closer to their 50 million pound evaluation and jumping ahead of the line hypothetically from Liverpool, Tyler Adams might not be needed. I'm kind of on the fence between these two. Um, I mean, I think we both developed a little bit of a crush on Tyler Adams after his World Cup performances. His guy was just, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. And he was going up against top flight competition. Um, secretly, I would kind of like Tyler Adams to come on board, you know, just for the you know American vibes, a little red, white, and blue into the squad. Um, and I think he's capable. That Leeds team was trash, so I don't think there was really an opportunity Terrible. for him to, for him to shine. But as again, um, I don't want him to be the starter next to Enzo. I want him no. to be the guy that we can bring in in strategic situations to be able to lock down and bring energy. Um, with a more defensive presence, right? Um, I think Lavia serves that purpose also. Uh, the money thing, you know, I think we have to be mindful of how much we're shelling out for guys. And if we can release a clause for Tyler Adams at 20 versus paying close to 50 for Lavia, that's where this is more of a valuation deal for me. Is Lavia worth 30 million dollars, 30 million pounds more than Tyler Adams? I don't know. And it's too early to tell. Yeah, I mean Tyler Adams is a little bit older than him. Is Lavia eighteen or nineteen? I mean, we we just know that he's he's yeah, insanely he's young. young. But th- I mean, that would be an incredible, an in, you know, an incredible coup. But also remember, I mean, I, I've seen we're trying to get forty five million for Trevor Chalabaugh. We're looking for at least you know forty five fifty million for Connor. And honestly, we should because if the shoe were on the other foot, those other places, and we were looking for for players, you know, from West Ham or the like, they would be trying to bend us over the barrel too. And we should really, you know, take in those same tactics, i.e., you know, Brighton, uh, which, you know, this is the last sort of, you know, transfer bit of news that we'll get into. But there's rumors of an increased bid with this Caicedo thing. 
we'll see. I think it's uh, it's obviously too late to get him in for for Liverpool. I just don't know if that's enough time. Maybe when we wake up uh, here on the East Coast of the United States tomorrow morning, uh, we'll have some news in the UK that the deal is done. I don't know exactly what that means, but we really need Moises Casado. I don't know what else needs to you know happen to get this done. This has been a saga that I just want to put behind us. Get this guy in the number twenty-five shirt and keep it moving. Yeah, it's uh, this has been exhausting, and I'm tired of even hearing about it. We want the player. The player wants to go. Figure out the fucking terms and let's just get this thing over. I just don't understand what the hangups could possibly still be as we're getting closer and closer to the season. Um, but it is what it is. What would be a beautiful thing and would be very much appropriate to provide us some additional utility in our midfield moving up into attack is if the second we go ahead and sign Caicedo is to immediately go out and hijack Mohamed Kudus from Brighton and screw them over right at the last second because we're going to need somebody else up top. I mean, with Nkuku out for upwards of four months with the knee issue, um, having somebody who can be versatile and play in different roles up top, we kind of need that at this point. So I think that would that would be a beautiful... If we can get three of those guys in, if you can get either Tyler Adams or Romeo Lavia and get Caicedo and get Mohamed Kudus... <laughs> It's a, it's a lot of doggies in that window, but that, that's a that's a that's a busy, busy, busy window shopping spree. But that but that means you got to unload you got to unload um, Connor and Trevor. I don't know if you have to unload Trevor because again, he just provides all the versatility on the back line. He can play up a little bit. Um, maybe financially, you would need to. That's what I'm saying. Possibly, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking when I'm looking at our roster and. Th- th- this started to come to light when you know, we get into our, our lineups for the weekend in a bit. But when you're starting to fill in whole you know, spots and you realize it's like we're really limited in certain positions. Like we're really limited. We just don't have the depth in certain positions to be able to say, all right, well, listen, maybe up against a, a specific team or a specific type of attack or a specific formation, here's a guy who would play nicer in that strategy than somebody else. We're kind of boxed in to who's going to be on the field at this point. To have a little bit of additional optionality there, instead of rolling the dice with certain players, I think it would be nice to have that type of versatility. And then also have the depth, so as games are going on, you can make strategic decisions, whether you're up in a game, whether you're down in a game, and you need to come back to get fresh legs on the field that can perform at a high level in positions that they're comfortable yeah, I mean, look, it, we're all we're all waiting to see who the the final squad list is going to be. There's still going to be so much activity. It, it's almost hard to comprehend how much is still in front of us in this window after everything that's already happening and is happening. So with that, drum roll, please. It's that time. It's that time. Real live bullets on Sunday at Stanford Bridge. Another Premier League season opens it's another opportunity for us to stake our claim to as being the biggest and best club in england by far the best club in london and get ourselves back into european competition it all starts again this sunday let's get into the 11 j you go first give me your keeper and your back four please uh is still in goal obviously this is all subject to change based upon what craziness is going to ensue over the next couple of days. But we got Kepa in goal. 
uh, Reese James, Thiago Silva, Levi Colwell, Ben Chilwell. I think that 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 back that back five pretty much picks itself. Uh, I would say that that is pretty easy. I'd have to be honest. That's exactly the same lineup that I have. And by the way, we we actually we didn't say this. New Chelsea captain Reese James, clap it out. Yes, for the academy Love boy, it. big Love time. It. Just stay Love healthy. It. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to him. He definitely deserves it. I really hope that we see an even more elevated level of play, confidence, and composure from from Reese now that he has the armband. Really exciting. Who's your midfield, pal? Uh, Enzo Fernandez is a given, and Connor Gallagher. In the double pivot. Connor and Santos. Connor, excuse me, I hate, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. You know, Connor just brings what Connor brings, and he's good at certain things, and he's just not quite adept at others. But I don't know who. This is one of those positions with where things stand. Who else do you slot in there? You can consider Andre Santos. Now you're throwing a kid out to go up against Liverpool, and what they're going to be throwing at him. He's been super composed. This guy has shown us everything that we could possibly want to see from him in in the preseason, which is amazing. And I think he's going to turn into an incredible player, not just in the future, but as this season wears on, we're going to start to see him shine. I have a tremendous amount of confidence in that. But we need somebody who has at least some measure of experience. And at least Connor has gone up against these boys for years now. He'll bring energy, bring pace. I don't expect much else from him but we'll at least get the energy out of him and that'll be that. So yeah. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that we both agree on this. I thought I was going to be the one to make, make the change. I would have thought that you would have said, we're going to go with Santos. Cause I was, I was like, I have to go against him. I was like, so I will put Connor in there in the double pivot. I actually, in my, in my hopes of having something to, to rub like, Still, where it's the, it's the same. I agree. We got to have the experience. This is a Premier League opener against one of the top six. If we were opening against Luton or yeah. maybe a slightly lesser side, I would probably think that we would start Andre Santos. But given the fact that this is Liverpool, given the magnitude and the expectation, you know, on the team, especially for the manager, I, you got to go with a seasoned professional. And Conor Gallagher definitely, you know, fits that bill. We can't. I agree. We can't talk against him in that sense. I agree. So moving up top, and you're playing a four-two-three-one, I assume. Yes, I mean that's what we've been playing for the most part. So I'm sticking with Without the formation. So who's who's your front four? You got Carney at the ten. Again, we don't really have a choice. Um, I think it's his time to shine, dude. I think it's his time to shine. I'm cool with this one. He's looked really good in preseason. I've always since last year when he's actually gotten some minutes. I've always been asking, can we see more of this guy? And I think he's developing. So I'm excited to see him out there. Uh, I've got Mudrick. I've got Nicholas Jackson up top, of course. And then the last position, which, again, I've been fighting myself to this very second. I just said that we need experience and composure. But from what I've seen from Raheem Sterling in this preseason, I can't put him out there. I mean, he's been, he's looked, I cannot put it. He looks like shit. He looks like he's completely off the pace from every other dude that's been on the, on the pitch. And although there is the experience and there's the ties to Liverpool historically and all this other shit that would normally make me say he's got to be out there to start and he probably will be out there to start. 
I'm going with Ian Matson because Ian Matson has looked the shit He's throughout the awesome. entire preseason. He he can play wherever the hell you want to put him. It doesn't matter. The guy has excelled. I'm playing Ian Matson. Final answer. No, I, I love it. And I so my one break from what you have there is I do think Raheem Sterling is going to play. That said, we talked about this earlier this week, and I have to get this out about Raheem Sterling. You know, the new kits dropped. We both talked about some faves. I just have to say, Raheem getting the number seven is kind of like heartbreaking. I just, I hate that, like, it's truly at this point in my eyes wasted on him. I wish they would have made him keep 17 and just say, you know, Raheem, sorry, like, you're not good enough for this. We're going to leave this open for somebody else and or no. However, I think he will start on the right across from Mudrick in front of Carney and behind Nico Jackson, your boy. So we're not too far off. Fairly, you're, listen, you're, you're probably right with Raheem, but I just, I can't bring myself to do it. So he sucks, but all right, man, let's, uh, let, let's, let's put a bow on this thing. First time of the year. We got Liverpool coming to the bridge. Give me a score prediction. My score prediction is there will be goals. Yes, there, there will, will be, be goals. a decent amount of goals. I'm going with the 2-2 draw. A very boring, very anticlimactic 2-2 draw. This isn't fun. It used to be because, like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, there's going to be goals. And I'm like, it's going to be a 2-2 draw. Actually, I got to start speaking first more. So I, I, it doesn't <laughs> seem like we're doesn't seem like we're agreeing so much. But yes, no, I think that there's going to be goals. Um, I really hope that we have the intestinal fortitude uh, to bounce back if we concede first. And, you know, on the inverse, if, if we go ahead, let's see if we can't, you know, make something happen and, and try to be front runners. But this Liverpool team is incredibly explosive. They're without a doubt going to score goals, but they are definitely vulnerable defensively. Hopefully we can, you know, shop, show the proper mentality and, and make this happen. But yeah, I got a I got a two two draw as well, man. Seems like we're uh drinking the same Kool-Aid here. Womp womp womp. Womp womp. Well with so that No, I know. But but with that, we can't uh you know thank everybody enough. We we appreciate the uh the likes, the listens, the feedback. Hit us up on Instagram, check us out on YouTube, download your podcast on any of the major platforms. We'll be back after the Liverpool match with a breakdown and analysis and our thoughts on the whole situation. Until then, we love you. London is blue, Chelsea blue, America is blue. Talk to you soon.